Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, just after 2 o'clock on a misery Motown Monday in the nation's capital and beyond. Good to have you with us on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app and on the Ace Law listener lines at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. We'll get to Jay Gruden later on this hour. Ron Rivera expected to meet the media as he normally does at 3 o'clock on Monday. That's the one we bring you because that's generally the juiciest one. The rest of the week is, quite honestly, very boring. And we generally complain about how boring the Monday one is also. exactly. The Monday one is no great shakes either, but it's generally the juiciest one. Um, So let's get you guys back involved in the show. I think we got the phone lines uh, straightened up here, so uh, thanks for being uh, patient. Let's go to – where did you want me to go, Matt? Uh, Oh, oh, you you were just saying somebody called in, right? Uh, Is that that what what the deal was? Okay. Okay. all right, let's get uh, – oh, there it is. Okay. I couldn't remember where it was. Terrell in Baltimore uh, is next up on the Team 980. What's up, Terrell? How are you? Hey, what's up, man? I am doing good. Good. So, listen, you said they are who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the point with that is that Ron was brought in to change culture. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I don't think he accomplished that. Ron was a great guy at establishing character – but you, to get really good culture, you need character, consistency, competency. And from my TED Talk, we can add a thousand other C's. But honestly, I don't think he really brought forth a winning culture because he missed the mark on other areas. Character guy, absolutely. And he probably brought in good guys, good character guys. But they also lack the capacity to be good winning guys because they just aren't enough. So I think that's the reality, that he didn't even accomplish what he initially brought in. Now, some bad character guys might have been a Montez Sweat because we knew about, like, maybe some troubles there. We knew about Chase Young and how he didn't want to get with the program. He wasn't committed. Mm -hmm. But I think that really shows. And when he went to San Francisco, he talked about that winning culture in the building and even at Ohio State. So I think if you really look at it from they are who they are, they are. An, an example of the leader. Well, l- l- let me let me bounce no this off of you because I'm curious in your response to this. Okay, all off season, during training camp, whatever. Before he even was the play caller for one regular season game, I said Ron Rivera was brought here back in 2000 to build, rebuild the organization, shape the culture, change the culture, all that stuff. Now, again, we can argue about what that means and whatever, as you just presented. I said, but Eric Bieniemy was brought in here to install a championship culture. Coming from where he did, who he has worked with, what his style was, what his accountability and demands for perfection that we all got to see during training camp and OTAs and so on and so forth, there was a difference between the culture club that Ron has installed and championship culture is that fair in your eyes based on what how you believe ron has fallen short i i I can't disagree with you yeah i so i think that's a good point and i think rome wasn't built in the day either you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i don't and i don't know how much go back to the seas how much control truly eric has now you're around the team way more than i am so you may have a better idea of who really is running the the reins there but you know I don't know if Eric can really instill that. And to be honest, he didn't have that much control in Kansas City. He was almost just like a, a guy. So 
I don't really know how much he was able to bring over because he wasn't even running things. Even on the, the quarterback show that Patrick Mahomes is on, it was very blaring, um, right. apparent that Mahomes talked with Andy Reid. Matt Nagy and, and Andy Reid more than, than Biennium. Absolutely. But here so I think it is different. I mean, here it is different because you don't have Andy Reid. You don't have Matt true. Nagy. You have Eric Bieniemy, who is one-on-one, and his protege is Sam Howell, period. Right? There is no buffer. There is no layer. There is no nothing. But I do believe, again, Biennemi, even though there was some questionable things, as you just pointed out, I do believe his demand of account of accountability and, and, and near perfection, whether it's right or wrong, I do believe is part of taking that next step as an organization. And that's why I said culture and culture club run versus trying to bring a championship culture because that's what he was a part of. Whether whatever his role was, whatever, you know, whatever his relationship was with Patrick Mahomes. And that's why I say I wonder if that rub players wrong early on. I wonder if it just took a while for play, certain players to, to to understand exactly what his message is. And maybe maybe we're both thinking too deep about this. I don't know, Terrell. But here's the bottom line. Right now, that arrow is going up, and no other yeah. arrow is going in that direction. None. Yeah, and I think time will tell. You know, and, and again, if if I know that, hey, this guy is brought in, but this is the real boss. I'm going to listen to him, but to such a, to a degree. If I can still go to Ron and kind of get caught a little bit, then cool. I'll, I'll deal with the enemy, but I know at the end of the day, it's all going to matter what Ron does and says. So maybe if through time and if Eric really gets that control over the team, he can really move the needle in that culture, that championship culture that you speak of. But, I mean, yeah. great point. I don't yeah. think it's overthinking it. I think winners – Follow and leaders lead and winners follow them. And if it's really not in you, real men and real players like them can tell. You know what I mean? They can yep. tell this thing. And, and a lot of those guys are coming from Alabama and other yep. high, you know, big time organizations that saw that culture and they know what they're dealing with right now. And it's not that. So they're not stepping up to that yeah. right now because the true guy ain't about it. Yeah, pre- appreciate it. Good call. Really good call. Good point. Uh, glad we got you aboard here. Uh, let's go to, uh, I think Lenny in Maryland is up next. What up, Len? How are you? Hey, Chris. Um, great to be on. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, good, the, good to have you. Award. Oh, and, thank um, you. I think it's that Motown uh, Monday, maybe. I think uh, Otis Redding sang the song, I've Been Loving You Too Long. Mm-hmm. I don't think Otis Redding was <laughs> in Motown, but yeah. it's like the fan base. Right. I mean, all all these years and through the Snyder debacle, you know, it's just this. I've been loving you too long. I mean, you're the devoted fan base, and we're working, looking to turn the corner. And it's been going on since Ron's tenure. One point I want to make is, you know, this just like we hear about situational football, and there was a lot of that yesterday. Um, it was a tough game. It was a tough loss in a hostile environment. But you know, we hear about GM, and we hear about is Ron going to stay, and should the enemy be the coach? You know, we still have seven games left. And in those seven games, um, I know like two against Dallas. We have um, um, the Giants, Miami, L.A. Rams, and uh, San Francisco. But there could – I mean, we don't – it depends on the scenario because my concern is, let's say, you know, the three games that we should win, should win, uh, would be, I would say, the Giants, um, maybe the Jets, and the Rams. Um, if we're going into our last two games of the season and we're at, let's say, um, seven and eight, but you got Dallas and San Francisco left, uh, there's a lot that could play out here. And I think it's, you know, we, we, we're not going to tank on the season, mm-hmm. but in terms of Ron and coming back, I want your thoughts on, you know, it could put John Smith into a dilemma. How about if we are that seventh playoff seed? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Because there's yeah, a lot that can happen. Yeah, no, now, absolutely, you know? Lenny. And and we and we and it's a good question. We've kind of discussed these scenarios. What if they, like to your point, what if they finish with nine wins and they're nine and eight and say miss the playoffs? Well, I would still I would still move on. I would still make the change. If they finish at 9 and 8 and make the playoffs and get drubbed in the first round, I would still make the change. It's not good enough. Uh if they finish with 10 wins, that's where I start to wonder is that the right organizational move to just blow out everything just because 
some things haven't gone the right way or many things haven't gone the right way. So I don't know if I'm being too judgmental based on nine wins or ten wins, but that's kind of like where I'm at right now, and that's part of the equation. Now, I don't think I have to worry about ten wins because there's no way this team is winning ten games. They're four and six now. There's no way with the remaining schedule they are getting to ten. Could they conceivably get to nine based on the scenario that you mentioned winnable games against the Giants the Jets the Rams sure but they lose just as many winnable games if not more than they win and that's part of the problem Lenny I appreciate the phone call 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener lines let's go to Mark and Largo next up what's up Mark how are you hey how you doing Chris hey Mark what's going on pal uh, look, let me say this. Um, whatever, I, I think on the wish list, I think this offseason, there's five positions we need to be concerned with. And I think the number one and two I've have to be left and right tackle. Either order, you want to take it, that's fine. I would also say defensive end. I like KJ Henry. Let's get another defensive end there. That's three. Chris, we need to get two new safeties. And look, let me say this, man. I don't know. I would have traded Cam Curl before I would have traded either Montez or, or Chase Young. Because Cam Curl has done nothing for me in the three years. And and, and I'm looking at this team, and, and, and I haven't heard his name pretty much all year. And, you know, sometimes he does some things, sometimes he doesn't. I would like for us to get two good quality, high-pick safeties, two first-rounders. Because the one thing, I, there's two things I think you have to be concerned with when you're on the defensive side of the ball. you got to have your defensive line. they got that with the two tackles. You need another end, that's fine. I do think you need to get a quality defense coordinator that's just going to get linebackers. But you need two new safeties that know what they're doing, that really know how to run a regular defense, not this freaking Buffalo nickel mm-hmm. that obviously Cam Curl can't handle. And, you know, I, I just think the job, I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to go down that road. I think he doesn't get enough blame. But I would have traded him before I would have traded Sweat or Young, period. Because he's done nothing, nothing. And our passing game has been dreadful since he's been here. People have picked us apart. And I don't hear his names in interceptions. Uh, listen, Mark, I understand your passion. I understand your argument. Uh, I don't agree with it in all cases. That being said, here's a couple of things that I would say. Um, and that is, I think Cam Curl was never brought and drafted to be this lights-out center field coverage safety kind of guy. You don't get drafted in the seventh round. Even though he was a college corner, turned safety and back and forth. You don't get cover you don't you don't get drafted in the seventh round because you're that. Because you're a pencil eraser like a Devon Weatherspoon is. You just don't. It's so rare. So I approach it from that respect and do like basically what you're saying is that's why I wouldn't go out and pay Cam Curl as much as I like him $20 million a year because he ain't good enough to get that kind of jack, that kind of change. That's that being I, said, that's why I would have traded him. And and I under, I understand that, but what I will say and where I think you're wrong is I do think he's better in coverage than you're giving him credit for, especially in short area, in short area underneath routes, one. Two, I do think he is the leader, if you will. Go ahead. Oh, my God, Chris. You, you, come on, man. What? You had interceptions just Well, but, but we don't judge everything based on interceptions, do we? Oh my God! You're so easy on him. I mean, I, I, listen. I, okay, so so forget about me. Oh I know, God. I know, I know. You probably hate pro football focus, but I'm just going to pass this along just for the record. He's got a 75.9 grade in pass coverage out of 100, according to PFF. Still okay, I uh, still would have traded. Uh, he, 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 when, he when his father got up and demanded that money last offseason. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Listen, listen, ju- 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 just 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 for and, 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 again, just just 
Mark, I appreciate the phone call. Let me, yeah. Uh, I appreciate the passion. I, I'm not paying Cam Curl $20 million a year. That's why I'm, I'm very worried about dad being involved here as well. Uh, and I said that time and time and time again. I'm, I'm not just saying it now. I mean, just according to PFF, again, 75.9 out of 100 in coverage. Uh, he's got, he's allowed 25 receptions, 37 targets. That's obviously a 67.6 reception percentage, 189 yards, an average of 7.6 yards per reception, which is not that bad. Uh, 83 yards after the catch. Okay, so that kind of tells you a little something there that, you know, approximately half of the coverage or half of the coverage yards is run is yards after the catch, uh, which could speak to a, a variety of things. A long of 20, no touchdowns, and to your point, no picks. But again, people mistake this all the time into thinking, well, because Cam Curl is highly thought of that. He should be this interception machine. It doesn't work that way. Like, Reek Woolenup in Seattle is was drafted, I think, in the fifth or sixth round last year. Had an amazing rookie year. Not having as good of a year this year, okay? But there's reasons for that. But just because you don't create interceptions doesn't mean you're not a good player. Now, would I ideally like Cam Curl? Yes, to create an interception, Absolutely. I still go back to his play of the year, at least in my eyes, which was against B. John Robinson on a fourth down stop in the Atlanta game in the second quarter where he perfectly read it, perfectly timed it, perfectly broke it up, turned the ball over on downs. It's not an interception. It's not a takeaway, but it's a turnover on downs. And the commanders went right down the field, converted a fourth down themselves and scored, and they don't win that game if not for Cam Curl making that play. Now, do you say, Chris, I need more than that? Of course, but that's why I'm not paying him $20 million a year. And they could take a chance and say, hey, you know what? Uh, we're not going to give you $20 million a year, and he's going to say, I'm, I want $20 million. Daddy could say he wants $20 million. They could ask for whatever. They could ask for anything. Doesn't mean they have to give him. They could slap him with a franchise tag. By trading Montez Sweat, by trading Chase Young, what you've done is put yourself in prime position to put the franchise tag and not make a long-term commitment to Cam Curl at a ridiculous amount. That's what you've done. That's what you've done. 301-230-0980. More of your calls coming straight up. Stay tuned. Jay Gruden later on this hour as well on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. I've been loving you too long. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Yeah, baby, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. What was that tune you played on the way out there, Otis Redding, right? 
was it uh, I've been loving you too long? Yes, right? it is. That was uh, the which caller was that? Was that Terrell in Baltimore or was that somebody else uh, that that had mentioned? I think it was somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but well done, Maddie. I appreciate that. Love when music kind of matches up with what we're talking about. Um, I, you know, during that call, I just want like I love Mark and Largo. I think Mark sometimes sees things that I don't see, uh, and that's fine. We all, you know, see different things, whatever. I mean, I tried to defend Cam Curl reasonably. Cam Curl is not a lights-out pencil eraser and never will be. Never will be. He never will be. He doesn't have the prototypical size and speed. But what he is, quite honestly, is he's a high IQ, high IQ, able and capable player. That doesn't mean that you have to pay him $20 million a year just because he asks for it. And again, if I'm the commanders, considering that they traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young, which alleviates some of the logjam because you wouldn't do this for Antonio Gibson or Curtis Samuel, or at least I wouldn't. I can't imagine they would, but maybe I shouldn't say. Um, Or even Kendall Fuller is I would franchise tag Cameron Curl unless he wants to do a fair deal. What is a fair deal? I don't know. I haven't worked that out enough. $12 million a year, whatever it is. I, I, I mean, I have to think about that more. But I'm not that worried about that situation. Uh, and uh, my pal Jason Johnson, uh, you know, tweeted me and messaged, like, and, and he put up a video of uh, that um, uh, the pod father <laughs> put out uh, of Cam Curl running down the seam and altering and affecting a third down incompletion for Geno Smith in the first half yesterday. Now, he didn't play it like lights out, like perfect technique, at least from what I saw, but he altered the passing lane. He altered the pass. It was part of the reason why the commanders only allowed nine points in the first half. Cam Curl does little things that I don't know if he gets enough credit for because maybe he doesn't do as many of the big, splashy, wowza-type things. I I don't think it's fair to say Cam Curl's the problem. And as far as trading, not trading, whatever, um, I, I mean, everybody knows how I feel about Chase Young, and even though, congratulations, he had the sack and the forced fumble and all that stuff. Yesterday, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, I Of course, I would have traded both, and they did trade both. I can't kill them because that's exactly what I would have done. And one of the unintended but maybe intended consequences or results is that they can now put the franchise tag on Cam Curl, which is way lower in value and price for a safety than it is for a pass-rushing defense event. Way lower. All right, let's get back to the calls uh, and um, – Let's go to Jason in Omaha. What up, Jason? How are you? What up, Chris? Jason, how are you, pal? Man, I'm pretty good. Jason, I, I know uh... you play the uh, the game, right? What do you? I, I don't know if we've had, had this conversation. What do you make out of Cam Curl? Just what we've been talking about the last you know couple of minutes here or so. I sent you that. Oh, that's you. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Yeah. I'm so, my my bad. I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, my bad. I'm sorry about that. Okay, we we got it solved. All right, no, so there you go. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I I don't get with that caller. Yeah. Like that must have been personal. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, don't, you know, uh, I mean, probably not. But uh, you know, like I, you know, what I think it is. What I think it is is Cam doesn't make the splashy play or the <laughs> the big game-changing yeah. play. But I did point out the fourth and three stop on Bijan in Atlanta. They don't win that game without that, yet it doesn't count as an interception. Exactly. Nobody probably remembers it, but I sure as hell will. I think you do. Listen, exactly. I sure do, you know what I mean? So, again, I don't uh, – that caller, I guess he does want to see – uh, splashy plays from the safety position. Um, but uh, I guess he's just living in the past uh, with Sean Taylor and stuff like that. I don't know. But 
that call just sounded a little bit too personal to I hear attack you. Cam Curl. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So, but uh, for whatever reason, I do think Cam Curl does a good job. You know, I don't, I don't think he, uh, he's the problem. I mean, out of all the positions, he chose safety. You know what I mean? To like, to isolate. You know what I mean? It's the linebackers. You know, well, and to me, you can take safety and say, man, Percy Butler's made some plays, but he's had some bad angles. Yeah, Boy, Derek Forrest really struggled but, before he got hurt, so on and so forth. You mm-hmm. could say safety, but it's not fair to isolate and blame one, the yeah. best player out of that group. Not I mean, fair. I'd take Cam Curl to war with me over any of those guys on the yeah, back end, and that means safety and corner. Well, I'll, look, I'll, I would take – uh, Kendall and I would take Curl because they're smart and that's what you want as mm-hmm. players. So uh, again, um, I mean, what I saw yesterday was kind of what I thought was going to happen going into it. Uh, we were going to play well, but not make that good play to seal a game or the key interception or things like that. So, but uh, St. Juice, I, I just want to, I, I, I kind of want to isolate him. And it's not isolating him as a player. It's just some of the techniques that he's using. I just wish that Jack Del Rio and the, uh, I think, uh, I, I mentioned Brett the Fieselon, DB game last yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I guess the plan to stop the receivers, the opponent team's receiver, is, is not very sound. Mm-hmm. And on the last drive, the last couple drives, you want to put St. Juice in a position for him to flourish as a player, right? And normally last year uh, in college, um, what he did well, and I can pull up some of his uh, scouting uh, reports from various scouts, but the stuff that he did well was jam the receiver, disrupt at the line of scrimmage, okay? So – for them to get away from that as a player, that's that goes back to scheme, and that goes back to the overall what you want to accomplish as mm-hmm. a defensive coordinator. I don't like. I'm I'm not isolating him. I'm isolating the coaches now. You know what I mean? It, on third down, uh, second and long, you got to get hands on the wide receiver. If St. Juice is playing off, and some of the coverages he was he was playing close enough. When the touchdown to, uh, to Lockett. Lockett, yeah, he's yeah, playing behind. He, yeah, if you're going to be, no, if you're going to be in press coverage, which he was, he was in within two yards to three yards. That's press coverage in the league. You have to put hands on. He did not get hands on. He let Lockett just run. So that's disrupting receivers routes that has to be taught in practice Jason I think and, that's a really good point I I gotta I, I gotta jump in here because we got to get to Jay Gruden but I, th- I think that's a really good point I'm not smart enough to figure all that out I don't know if that's Benjamin St. Juice I don't know if that's Jack Del Rio I don't know if that's Brent Vieselbach I don't know the bottom line is what we know is it's not good enough right and we know that part of the reason why St. Juice has played well is because of his physicality and I just wonder if they're afraid of getting beat over the top if a guy can, you know, uh, just redistribute the route, if you will. Uh, I'll try and ask Jay about that coming up here after a quick trending alert right here, right now on the Team 980. All right, the Commanders are 4-6, and six, host the New York Giants this Sunday. who got drubbed in Dallas yesterday. The Commanders losing 29-26 at the buzzer to the Seattle Seahawks. Jay Gruden coming up. He authored one of the best wins of the last decade or so in Seattle when then the Redskins head coach. Tonight, Monday Night Football, 3-5. and Denver Broncos on a little bit of a heater. They've won two in a row against the 5-4 and and somewhat disappointing Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park. 8-15 the kickoff, 7-30 the coverage on Westwood 1 and 106.7 the fan and the Odyssey at. Meanwhile, over here on the Team 980, it is the Washington Wizards at a 2-7 after losing in Brooklyn yesterday, visiting the 4-5 and five Toronto Raptors pregame coverage at 7-15 with Dave Johnson and friends, and that's what's trending. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Alright, 2.35 right here on the Team 980. It would help if I boosted up my headset volume so I could hear myself. I am getting so deaf. It's a problem. I don't know if it's from wearing earbuds and headphones most of my life or if it's just because I'm old and decrepit. Probably a combination of both. It's kind of like the Commanders, right? Why do they suck? Why aren't they not good enough? Well, it's a combination of everything. It's a combination of both, coaching and the players. Speaking of coaching, our guy is Jay Gruden, and he is with us right here and right now, as he is each and every Monday on the team, 980 at around 2.30. You can follow him on Twitter or X at Coach underscore Jay Gruden, uh, and he is brought to us. Uh, I get. I'll have to get the read in a sec uh, by uh, Ted Britt and the Ted Britt Auto Dealerships. Jay, good to have you aboard with us. Uh, how are you? Hope you had a good weekend. Had a great weekend. Lots of golf. Lots of watching some football. Good football on this week. Yeah, not bad. The college slate was pretty good too. Of course, lots of controversy uh, there as well. I mean, we'll try and get uh, to uh, as much of the NFL and bounce around uh, as much as we possibly can. Um, uh, obviously, let's start, of course, where we always start with the Commanders. Um, it, 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 is that is that a bad loss in your eyes, or is that? an understandable loss considering Seattle was pissed off from the last week. They're at home. It went toe to toe. How do you kind of process that from your coaching, but yet now a observer perspective? Well, at four and five, you got to win. You got to figure out ways to win on the road, especially those close games. They're in position to win that football game, get a stop, maybe going to overtime, uh, whatever it might be, but you got to find a way to win these games when you're four and five. Now they're four and six and, you're going to have some must-wins against some very, very difficult opponents with the uh, Cowboys twice, San Francisco, Miami, and the Jets defense. The Rams probably get better with Matthew Stafford yep. healthy. So uh, they have some issues right now. They, they really could have used that win, that's for sure, for their playoff hopes. No doubt about it. On air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax. Your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling. All home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. And again, follow Jay at Coach underscore 
Jay Gruden. All right, so on uh, we just had a caller that was talking about some of the technique maybe that Benjamin St. Juice wasn't using, hands-on, disrupting routes, what have you. Uh, down the stretch in that game, obviously, Geno was cooking. DK Metcalf seemed like they ran a lot of sli- slants and in-cut routes. Um, did you, from a uh, offensive and defensive perspective, did you see anything wrong besides the ultimate results in the way Benjamin St. Juiced was covering, being used, aligning up? Like, would you have done something different? Uh, the last one, the big play to DK, I believe it looked like it was two-man. And usually in two-man, you undercut all in-cut routes. And it uh, should be a no-play on an in-cut route. Sometimes you can lose them on a outbreaking route in front of the safety and, and, and behind the corner. But on Two-man, you look at it, and uh, the technique should be inside leverage and undercutting all the routes. And unfortunately, he let him go inside and catch a basic cross for a gain mm-hmm. of 25 and then uh, down it for the field goal. So that was really the main technique had a problem with. And then there was some poor tackling on the 65-yard account of Walker Jr. Yeah. It was very, very poor tackling and, and actually poor pursuit angles by everybody else. Worst-case scenario, that should have been a gain of 30 if the backside safety, the backside corner running and flying to the football like they should. All right, so so that brings us you – know, some of those technique things are coaching. But some of them, Jay, are they not on – the players themselves, right? Maybe they don't feel comfortable in a certain technique. Maybe they don't execute what they are taught, what they are schooled to do. And then you mentioned that again, the 64 yard touchdown to Kenneth Walker, uh, the third, uh, listen, I, Danny Johnson slips there, but there was that, uh, I forget who the safety was. Maybe it was Percy Butler. I can't remember. Uh, at the time there was again, another bad pursuit, a bad angle. And that seems to be a problem. At least the last couple of weeks, with these big 64-yard runs to more physical running backs is like, okay, they're wide open. There's just huge, you know, areas to roam. And and then you put players in position where if they make one mistake, again, they slip or, or, or they take a bad angle. Uh, that's a problem. So how do you kind of process that out from a, again, a coaching perspective? Well, obviously tackling, um, that starts in training camp and OTAs, uh, but you can't really, on a field, you can't tackle for them. They have to get the guys on the grass. Uh, The other thing is, like I mentioned, the pursuit angles, that has to come from natural instinctual football players. Um, And then effort, um, that is coached, and that has got to be a discipline ingrained in all the players. And unfortunately, on that particular play, you can see the effort on about four or five of the players on that play. Had it been par, or at least above par, they would have got him down inside the 20-yard line where they would have maybe get a stop in the red zone instead of a touchdown. Right. So uh, there's a lot of things on, on some of those plays that are issues. They did some good things defensively, obviously. Um, obviously, they're playing shorthanded a little bit on the defensive line, but uh, they still managed to get a couple stops and play pretty well. But some of the big play, some of the big plays, technique-wise and effort-wise, were the issue. Yeah, sound. I, I, I mean, that's kind of way the way I walk away. And I'm not here to defend Jack Del Rio. I mean, I don't care, quite honestly. I mean, I think they actually need to do something to wake somebody up. And I've always been a more blame the players type of guy. And 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 you know, most of the media and most of the fan base is a blame the coach type of. Uh, per, well, they should have done this and they should have done that, but. I mean, you can see what some of these big plays, even going back to the Ramondre Stevenson touchdown run for 64 last week. I mean, that I don't think they drew it up to have a Lincoln Tunnel-sized hole there. Jamin Davis got picked <laughs> off, and the safety took a terrible angle, right? I mean, that happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can draw up whatever you want. And, and, and you're known for your offensive prowess, but obviously you understand defensive football because you've coached against it. You've operated. You've been a head coach. You don't draw up the kind of wide-open spaces that have happened on these two big touchdowns the last two weeks. It's because players probably mostly aren't executing or something weird is happening. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the corner was in position to make a play. The safety was in position to make a play. And the weak side hook player was in position to make a play. They all three missed. And then the backside safety and the backside corner decided to take a playoff, and they didn't chase the ball like they should. So he gets a 65-yard touchdown. You know, so now, I was actually surprised. My big surprise was on the, on the play to DK Metcalf at the end, Jack had some major success with some blitzes, and uh, he decided mm-hmm. to play two-man yeah. uh, with a limited pass rush in that game with the front four. So – uh, two man is a scary coverage because Gino can run, so he could have maybe run for the first down or run for a big chunk. But also, 
uh, letting let DK Metcalf have that ball in the middle uh, without any pressure was right. a little surprising. Yeah, uh, that's a good point because I I was saying on Twitter and whatever you know to anybody that would listen, um, and not that many people care about what I'm saying, but but you know th- that Jack was cranking up the heat and it was working and it was effective. But even with that, they had again the success that they had. Jay Gruden is with us uh, again right here on the BetQL guest hotline on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Um, at the end, after Diami Brown catches that game-tying touchdown, now because they missed the extra point, it, the game is, you, you know, they're, they're, they're down, or they missed the extra point, I should say, early in the game. Uh, so now they're in a situation where uh, they need the extra point to just tie the game. Would you have, with 52 seconds left, down one, on the road, again, knowing that your defense hasn't been able to come up with a stop. Are you going for two there? Does it matter in your eyes? How do you read that situation? Well, it's a similar situation they had earlier where they mm-hmm. kicked the extra point against Philadelphia. Exact same scenario, except probably uh, a little – probably about the same time, I guess. Well, no, you had about 50 seconds yesterday. You had no time left on the clock in Philadelphia. Yeah, no time against Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think uh, – and does that matter, yeah, I, by the way? I don't think there's a wrong decision there, to be honest with you. I think kicking the extra point and uh, kicking it to the 25-yard line, making mm-hmm. them go 60 yards with 50 seconds to go is not easy feat to do. Obviously, Seattle did it and made it look easy, but I don't think that's a bad decision there. Um, how about the offense in general? I mean, clearly they put up 26 points. Sam again goes for 312. He did have the critical fumble trying to get extra yards. You love the kid's toughness and moxie and his arm, obviously. Uh, you know, a couple of big-time throws uh, late in that game and big spots. Not only just the touchdowns to Gibson and Diami, but also, you know, to Terry on a fourth down on a slant, all that. I mean, Sam Howell, I guess in, in your eyes – is is still an ascending player is he is he way more advanced than he should be at this point i guess from from the way you would calculate it yeah he's playing extremely well i think the improvement that he's had the last three weeks has been uh awesome to watch he's moving around in the pocket making plays off script heck the first touchdown to brian robinson he's running a check wide route he's made a nickel blitz who was a clear unblocked defender make him miss and he scrambled out and hit Brian Robinson for a mm-hmm. touchdown. And then he had another one to Brian Robinson on a wide route. He scrambled, hit him again down the sideline. Right. So he's making plays on schedule and off schedule, which really is, is, is a great luxury to have for a play caller because now you don't have to call the perfect play all the time. Your quarterback can play some off-schedule football and make some plays, and, and he's doing it at a real high level. He's not making many mistakes at all. He's throwing the ball accurately, throwing the ball on time when it needs to be on time, and um, making good, positive plays in the pocket. Score 29 against Seattle's defense on the road is not an easy thing to no. do. Maybe no, you're it, right. made it look easy. No, you're right. Um, Terry heated up a little bit towards the end, as I kind of mentioned. They hit him on a couple of slants, but uh, he only had four catches for 33 yards, eight targets. Diami, um, Jahan Dotson had two targets, no catches. How does the offense – how is the offense this productive when they ch- choose not to run the football at all in the first half? Uh, they did do it better they in the second half, but then they also don't seemingly get those two guys enough targets and enough looks and enough whatever you want to call it. How how do you uh, again kind of read that out because it's you you wonder if they could score more than 26 points if they would do any of that better. Yeah, surprising, especially Dotson. The last couple of weeks he's had, he's played very, very well. To see him uh, get very limited targets was surprising to me. But they did utilize their backs a lot more. You yep. know, Antonio Gibson had a touchdown, right, and obviously right. B-Rob had a, over 100 yards receiving. So that's that's not bad. Um, sometimes if teams are really good on the outside with some safety help, you have to work your inside players, your backs and your tight ends. And they're not getting a lot from the tight ends, but the backs really stepped up their game and and worked the inside linebackers and the outside linebackers and the safeties and what have you. They they were very productive doing it. I think moving forward, they do have to get McLaurin and Dotson a lot more involved, especially when they're playing the Cowboys in San Francisco and Miami. Hey, you mentioned these high-powered uh, opponents. I mean, this Sunday is not going to be a high-powered opponent, regardless of what the Giants do no. uh, at quarterback. But again, I, I don't also think it's an easy game because, well, why, why would anybody think it's going to be an easy game? Um, but um, it... it if you're 
I know you don't want to call for anybody to get fired, but like, do you make a, a, any sort of change? And it doesn't have to be a firing. Any sort of change for change's sake because it's clearly not working well enough. Like they got no takeaways, obviously uh, almost 500 yards of offense. How how do you get guys to do things differently when you're beating your head against the wall, which I'm sure Ron and Jack are basically doing? Well, I think early in the season, their defense was predicated on the front four, you know, with the four first-rounders getting havoc and, and stopping the run and letting your linebackers flow freely and play some coverage behind them and protect your corners. Now they lost two of their main pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Now they have to manufacture pass rush yeah. somehow with Blitz and some other guys. So I think that's the one thing they're going to have to do moving forward is become more aggressive with their linebackers blitzing or nickel or safety, whoever it might be, similar to the way Baltimore and some of these other teams do it on defense where they have to manufacture some five-man pressures, maybe play some fire zones or some man-to-man on the outside, what have you. But they got to get more pressure because right now you can't let these quarterbacks, you're getting ready to play other than the Giants. You can't let these quarterbacks sit back there and throw it and have time to look at their first, second, or third option. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jay Gruden is with us on the BetQL guest hotline. All right, let's spin you around the NFL. So San Francisco comes in off the bye, losers of three in a row. Jacksonville's won five in a row. Everything's going right for them, wrong for San Francisco, and the 49ers wake up and they kick their ass, uh, and they just absolutely dominate. And Chase looked uh, at least the part for, you know, on, on one pass rush with the sack and a forced fumble with Bosa and so on and so forth. Um, I, I guess we're all back in on the San Francisco 49ers again, right? Yeah, you have to be. And, uh, you know, they lost three in a row. I get it. But, you know, losing Trent Williams and obviously Debo, those are two main pieces, and they're back and healthy. And um, and defensively, they had a guy like Chase Young to go with Bosa and already the other pass rushers they have with Armstead. So, yeah, these guys are going to be in it till the end. They're going to be a tough out for sure. Jacksonville's a good football team. They rely on ETM to rush the ball a lot. He had trouble getting going, and, and as did Jacksonville. So, um San Francisco showed that they are one of the top two or three teams in the NFC. San Francisco treat, no doubt about it. How about your old place kicker, Dustin Hopkins, with the game-winning field goal? Uh, I think he missed one earlier in the game, if memory serves. Uh, in in a big, I mean, like it could not have gone worse for for Cleveland to start that game. You're down fourteen nothing. It in a in a weird sort of way, I, and I'm not trying to make the exact comparison because, of course, it's not. But it kind of reminded me. You know, of, uh, you know, the the game down, and you were not with the team at this point, um, you know, they were down in Carolina in, in 2019, and they were down 14 nothing early, and, you know, the Commanders, then the Redskins just kept running, just kept churning, and they eventually won that game. Cleveland, with all the issues that they have, they're down 14 nothing, and they find a way to win that game in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was impressive for Deshaun Watson. This is his best game as a, as a Brown, for sure. You know, he's been struggling accuracy-wise, but he uses legs, made some plays with his uh, legs outside the pocket, within the pocket. Obviously, Amari Cooper had another good game, and they just stay the course, and they let their defense continue to rush and continue to hunt, and they got a tip deflection pick six that got them back in the game and eventually won a thing with Hop's field goal. So Cleveland, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, that's one hell of a division. That's going to be right down to the wire. Because that defense for Cleveland ultimately is so good, and I know they allowed 31 points, you know, but they only allowed 223, I think it was, through the air, and Lamar was only 13 of 23. He wasn't great last week throwing the football, even though they won in a blowout against Seattle at home. Do you think Baltimore, from what you've been able to see, is is allowing Lamar to flourish in the passing game? Is that a byproduct of Odell Beckham being, you know, banged up off and on? What 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 would you say? is, um, I, I guess, where we're at with Lamar in terms of, like, can he win a game if he's got to do it mostly or solely as a throwing quarterback well, against a good defense? Issue. Yeah, that's been their issue the last few years uh, when they had to throw it. They weren't equipped to do so. Mm-hmm. And now with a new offensive coordinator, at least they're doing more pass concepts. So if that does happen, I think they'll be more equipped to do that with Lamar right now because they are doing more traditional drop-back stuff. You know, it was a great game, but Cleveland is one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. Everybody's going to struggle against them, but they have the ability to run the ball with those three-headed backs. they got Mark Andrews, a great tight end. They do need one of those receivers to step up and play more consistently, whether it's Zay or whether it's Odell or whether it's Bateman. Uh, so they do have to step up in the receiver room, but 
really they're still, despite the change in offense, they're still a physical football team that can run the ball with Edwards and Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell now. So that's really their bread and butter. And then the play actions off of that will help them out a lot. But if they do get behind, I do think that uh, Lamar can bring them back eventually. Uh, one of the last games I wanted to ask you about, Detroit outlasts the Chargers 41-38. I guess Brandon Staley found out there's a big difference between Jared Goff and the Lions running game and Zach Wilson and the Jets offense. Yeah, Denver. I mean, uh, Detroit's pretty dang good right now. They're playing a very physical brand of football, just like Dan Campbell wants it. He's uh, doing exactly what he wants to do. His team is built the way he wants it to be built, physical run first football team and then Jared Goff with the play actions and the quick games he can manage a football game like a true pro can he's not making many mistakes not turning the ball over he's getting the ball to the right people and they're converting critical down and distances like the fourth down and three that they went for to, to ice the game so uh, they got to play better on defense they can't give up four touchdowns five touchdowns in a row but uh, offensively they're pretty damn good yeah uh, last 30 seconds or so I forgot to ask you about this uh, what did you make out of the Emmanuel Forbes ejection would you have lost your uh, your mind on the sideline yeah I would have I, I actually would have I don't think it was intentional at all I think there has to be some intent to it he wasn't going in to try to headhunt a guy he was trying to go in and make a play and it just happened to be a bang bang play where the receiver went down and he went down at the same time I just I, I think maybe a penalty would have been a good call but ejected him I don't think was necessary at definitely all. a penalty I, I think everybody yeah, universally yeah. agrees definitely a penalty it's the ejection that nobody quite uh I guess quite understands at least from a commander's perspective but maybe that's because we're coming at it from a commander's perspective Jay thank you as always appreciate you uh thanks again for the uh help with best buddies we raised uh over two hundred and seventy thousand dollars on Friday night uh for nice. uh programs and you were a big part of that appreciate you very much all right. Thanks, Chris. There you go. That's Jay Gruden on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford and Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters, and Ted Britt Chevrolet and Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. 3 o'clock straight ahead right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.